Welcome back to Shit to Grit. To set up your listening, what you're about to hear are snippets from a series of phone calls that David and I always make during every Lions game with Heather in the background. Once we start completion percentage, we're back to our ongoing conversation about conversations. David tells the story of another overflowing tub. We talk about competitiveness with family, friends, and teammates. And in South America, we all tell a story about Sinead O'Connor and Prince that goes in interesting directions. David said he doesn't know how that links back to the Blue Lion. I'll simply say Blue Lion, Red Corvette. Enjoy the episode. Listen to me before I start. This is the lion season I've been waiting for my whole life. So make sure you enjoy the season. You don't have to be a show host. Just be David Hughes. And I'm going to be Marshall's wife. Yep. And I'm going to be Heather. And she's going to be Heather. Cool? <laughs> she's going to be Heather. All right. Sounds good, man. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. I'm so nervous. How did you like the defense? Nowhere to throw to. Nowhere to throw to, dude. Dude, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Fair catch. All right, I'm out. My God, dude. My God. He hasn't changed. Hammer. He's still at. No. Didn't think it would happen this early in the game. I thought he didn't get it for a second. How'd you like that? I just. Uh -oh. oh, oh. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, oh. He just, he's like a vacuum. He's like a human vacuum cleaner. That was a nice play. Here we go. Amazing. Amazing. Go. First down. Go. Let's go. Okay. Bye. Come on, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Look at, look at, look at, look at. Yeah. Touchdown, baby. Right up the middle. Montgomery. Eat it. Right up the fucking middle, baby. Right up the fucking middle. Eat it. Boom. Wow. Did you see that move? Did you see that move? Watch this move. Right there. There. Right there. That's wow. the move that got him the touchdown. Yes. Let's go. Lions take the lead. Lions are in the lead. Let's go. You know why, Marshall? They never give up. They never fucking give up. Wow, we're winning. We're winning the game. And we haven't even played well. It's okay. They can recover from that. Oh! oh Look out! Woo! Well, David will be here any second. Oh. Let's go, bro. Let's go. How you like it? <laughs> the same old Lions. Evan, you got to catch that. Is that Jones? Jones dropped another one at the end of the half. You've got to have that, dude. You've got to have it. It screws Goff. That's what it does. It puts Goff in an impossible situation. Look where they are. Now they're, now they're coming at him. I know. A handoff? Really? Yeah. That didn't look good at all. Ah, uh, here Black. we go. Now, like now a penalty on the Lions. Like That's all it takes, boy. That's all it takes. That's amazing. That's amazing. How about them apples? All it takes, buddy. That looked good. Let's watch that again. That's Branch. That's the new guy. That's the guy that dropped and we picked. Look at this. Oh, hello. Let me take that to the house. Let me go, bro. That's what tie game. Uh, just stay close. Stay in it. Guess stay what? In it. Tie game. Pay attention to uh, the guy who's trying to block uh, um, Hutchinson. Hutchinson, yeah. But this guy is. They're holding that guy almost every play. It's if, insane. If, How come they're letting him get away with it? Because they want Kansas City to win. If they're going to hold Hutch, they should send like they should blitz. Someone should be free to to get into the quarterback. If they're going to hold him, they should call it. They should call holding. 
I know. This guy, he, at one point, he had his arm around the, the neck of Hutch. I was like, Jesus. That's our ball. David, our ball with the lead. Dude, don't do this to me. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't just okay, you're right. You're right. The, the mere fact that you're watching is enough. <laughs> okay, bye. All right, bye. Call timeout. Ah! Yes, yes. Oh, yes. oh, oh. Oh, fourth down. God, boy. Boy, Hutch doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. stop. Wow, and he took him down at the end. Okay, I'm out. Yeah, bye. Basically, it's illegal to do that, you know? They're staring right at him, and they don't say anything. You know, like, I just don't get it. I'm nervous, David. Fourth and two. They're going? Are they going? They're going. David, David, David. Oh, dropped! Wow, it's third and 20. <laughs> get him, 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 get him. Yay! He finally got called for it, Heather. Yes. Fourth and 20. They're going to try to draw off sides. <laughs> Ball start. Ball start. They back up again. Fourth and 25. They're going for it. We're going to beat them. Holy crap. Are we going to beat these guys? Yes. We're going to win this game. Oh, my gosh. We're going to beat the Super Bowl champions. Oh, my gosh. This is unreal. This is unreal. David, don't. It's two minutes left. Don't. Three timeouts. Don't. Don't. Oh my God. Give me props for watching this game. Can, can I get some sort of props? Aren't you glad you watched it? No, man. I'm so stressed out. We're playing the Super Bowl champions. Oh, my God. And we're leading by one with two minutes. No matter what happens, it's been a fantastic game. Come on, you you gotta Here we put, go. Here you we gotta go. put something together. We need a first down. You gotta get it first down, man. Got it. First down. First down. 142. Let me think about this. We need one more first down, we win the game. Wait a minute, minute forty-two, they won? You could just kneel? Oh, I must have done the math wrong. Did we already win? We just defeated the Super Bowl How champions. How is that possible? It's one minute and 30 seconds. They don't have any timeouts left. No, Marshall, no. Did we win this fucking game? They won the game. We won. This is unreal. Dude, I'm not going to sleep tonight. The Lions won. <laughs> We're the winners. I'm still waiting for something to happen. I know. Same with me. I'm still waiting for something <laughs> bad to happen. Same exact feeling. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm sitting here with this nervousness like it doesn't actually feel like the game is over. It feels like we have more to play, but it also feels like this. We're the top dogs now? Is I, everybody I, going to be gunning for us? Are we ready for this? <laughs> we just beat the Super Bowl champions at their home. At their home. On the road, we beat the Super Bowl. Now, they didn't have their tight end. We were missing Jameson Williams. They were missing Travis Kelsey. Equal. We came in... And we won the game. We weren't expected to win, but we won the game. Going right back to the beginning of this podcast, I am still, it is now, what, five minutes after the game's over? I'm still waiting for something to happen. You know what? 
Marshall, I was the same way during that game. I was like, when they took another knee, I said, oh, they've done something wrong. They they miscalculated. I did think they miscounted. You're right. But I'm saying the game's over, David, and I'm still feeling that way. It's over. It says final. The TV's off now, and I'm still waiting for something to happen. This is what it's like to have been a Lions fan all these years. Yes, yes. They may be ready. I don't know if I am. They're ready. No one else is. Right, no one else is. They're about to be ready. (laughs) They better get ready. People get ready. There's a train (laughs) coming. (laughs) They better get ready. Go team. Friend, welcome back to Shift to Grit. Mike Tirico was the play-by-play for the Kansas City win. He said two things that bothered me. One was, and he showed his lack of football knowledge when he said, well, right now the ball would be going to uh, Jamal Williams. I'm like, are, are you kidding? Do you think we miss Jamal Williams? David Montgomery does the same thing as Jamal Williams better. He does everything better than Williams. And then the other thing was he called this an asterisk win. Because Jones is holding out and because Kelsey got hurt. Well, Jameson Williams isn't in. Why wouldn't we call that an asterisk win every time we win? That is such garbage. They win or they lose. Injuries happen. They've happened to the Lions. They weren't able to do it last night. Period. End of story. And you know what Campbell said after the game? Were we expecting this? You bet we were. (laughs) That's right. You know what Goff said? We didn't play well, which is what I said to you last night. But that's okay. We're built for this. It reminds me of the first Matrix. I'm going to borrow something from you where you relate to things with movies sometimes. It's all yours, David. Go. <laughs> when Neo gets back in the helicopter and Morpheus says to him, do you believe now you're the one? All I can say is this is a season where I don't expect to wake up on Monday morning blue, except for Honolulu blue. I'm expecting to wake up in a cheerful mood after these games because these guys play their asses off. Period. End of story. With that. Completion percentage. I'll be setting the timer as soon as I'm done with one detail. As you know, we have two parts to completion percentage. Details and threads. I didn't have a lot of details going on. Just this one, David. And then an older lady lived next door to me and her tub overflowed into my bedroom because our apartments were next to each other. And I ran to her door and she was in a wheelchair. She couldn't get to the tub. She was just sitting going, oh no, oh no, oh no, ma'am, your tub is overflowing. I ran into her bathroom and turned it off and I went to work. Now, David and I have talked about this in South America, so I already know most of the answers to this. But I just want to paint the picture for you because I find this extremely interesting. David's bedroom has water in it from the leak next door. He doesn't know that. He goes out into the hallway and, oh, you must have known because you went to her room. Her apartment was next door to mine. And when I got out of the bed and my carpet was squishy, 
was like, what is going on here? And how did you deduce it was the next door neighbor? Well, I know that our walls were next to each other. Like we shared a wall and I ran down to her apartment. And when I got to her apartment, her door was, it was slightly ajar. I didn't want the door to fly open. So I held the doorknob and I knocked and all I could hear her say was, oh no, oh no, like that. You heard her. So you didn't, you didn't think you were walking in on something super scary. I don't know what I was. My fear was I was going to walk in and she was going to be nude in her bathroom or laying on the floor or so. I didn't know what I was in store for. Mm. So I held the door so that my knock wouldn't completely open the door. Were you worried about entering without her saying, come in? Once I heard her saying, oh, no, oh, no. Well, I gathered myself because, hey, I don't know what I'm going to see. A nude elderly woman on the floor who's fallen or in the bathtub. I don't know. So I opened the door slowly and she's still in her wheelchair, in her robe, just sitting there in the hallway. I believe she was just scared to get up and go into the bathroom and turn the water off because it, it was slippery. Mm-hmm. I wonder what happened where she let the thing go without, like, how does that happen? I believe she turned on the water to fill the bathtub, got preoccupied with something. Water started spilling over on the floor in her apartment as well, like going down the hallway into her living room. And I think she was just overwhelmed. Did she live alone? Yes. You know how those vans take elderly people back and forth. I remember she had a van that would pick her up. I think she was a longtime resident. Gotcha. Okay, so I have this picture in my head. David then, and I already told this to David. David goes downstairs and says, there's a leak and thing. It's all over my bedroom floor. And by the way, there's an elderly lady sitting in (laughs) (laughs) And how did it go down? Got to the front desk where security was. And I told him, were you patting the marble desk? Water, water's going over the tub. (laughs) But you, you are right. I did say, you know, like there's an elderly woman who lives next door to me. She left her tub running, the tub overflowed, flooded her apartment and mine. And then I started talking about my part (laughs) way too much, which was it's flooded into my apartment. It's gone into my closet. It's all going to have to be replaced. Were you uneasy having that lady next to you after that, thinking that disasters like that might happen again? Interesting yeah. you should ask yeah. that. She uh, wasn't there much longer after that. I think her family moved her out and realized that she couldn't live alone. That makes sense. That's a tough moment. That's a tough moment. Yeah. Okay, so I started the timer. Let's go to threads. I have written down from last week the time David stretched his tendon on his finger. It wouldn't go back. What I wanted to talk about was that I felt super guilty because just like we talked about last week, I went up to stop you. I went up to stop you. You weren't my enemy in that moment, but I wasn't thinking about you like a friend. I was competing against you. And I did that to you. I was not a good block. It wasn't like I cleanly blocked the ball. I just got your finger. Yeah, I mean, you threw your whole body at me, and you got my finger. When Marshall starts to compete, it's like a full-on do-or-die situation. Did you forget that we were friends? What was it? 
if you want to know the truth, I don't consider myself to be a good basketball player at all. I think I felt worried that you were going to show me up. Ah. And I just, I put more effort into it than I ought to have. Well, you're, you're a lot bigger than me, taller than me. You came at me and it was like I was hitting a wall. Mm. David's much better. As evidence, and I do remember that game, we talked about it, as evidenced by how you took out The way he worded that, took out My back was turned to her. And I was pushing my way into the basket. I stopped dribbling. I had the ball. And I turned around to make a, a shot, leading with my elbow like every basketball player is supposed to. Mm-hmm. I turned around to make a jump shot. My elbow's out. It caught her nose. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was an accident. Why do you not sound sorry? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's the game. I played basketball in um, like middle school. The team would spend the time from our school to the away game location braiding each other's ponytails in tiny little braids because if you're out there on the court and you spin your head really hard you could smack the other team in the face with your tiny little braids and not get called for it wow so yeah i know i didn't realize that's why they were doing it until later so you were on the team right yeah yeah what position did you play I mostly played bench. I know that feeling. (laughs) No, they would put me in if like the point guard needed a break. I was just the person who gave the starters breaks. Still important. Yeah. It was only for one year, though. You didn't like it? I moved 16 times in my Ah. before graduating high school. So uh, that's just all the time I had at that school. Wow. You know, Marshall, you just mentioned, I wasn't thinking of you as a friend. I was just in the game, basically, is what you said, right? Yes. I, at that moment, I thought, I'm going to look like a chump, and I got to stop this guy. Yes. He did it. <laughs> it wasn't, I didn't try to injure you. I promise I did not try to injure you. I'm just a bad basketball player. That's what it is. The problem, it was on my drawing hand. Oh, David. It's okay. I felt that guilt again. I I remember your finger just out there like Mr. Spock. It was rough. Heather, don't forget what you're going to say. It was so bad that it would get in the way when I would like shower. Like I would, I would be showering like, oh, I caught my finger again. It's just dangling there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, or I would go pick up something. It would snag on my finger would be dangling, snagging on. Sometimes I would go put my hand in my pocket and my pinky would just stick out. It would just get caught in the pocket, but it would hurt because it was still strained, you know? Mm. And all they did was put a cast on it and then it was fixed? Well, that's when I went to the hospital. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Did I bring? As he's holding your hand, the doctor, did he wonder how you got the injury? Oh, yeah. They asked, like, what'd you do? And when you said? I said, one of my good friends charged me. (laughs) (laughs) Just playing a pickup game, you know, just trying to get some exercise. He lowered his shoulder <laughs> into me. And the guy goes, well, he's not much of a friend. <laughs> Did he really say that? No, he said none of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and probably David said none of that too. Made a I good story. It was a good story.
in the spirit of that story and the previous story uh, where we were talking about brothers, would they go full tilt at each other? Is that a way to say that? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. So then I was listening to Marshall talk about how he would not go full on with his sister. And then I was listening to you, David, talk about how you would not go full on with your brother. And I was saying, wait a here, second. What we asked last week, David, was, yeah, I don't know would you I'm... go hard at your brother? And you said you would not. You'd wrap him up in a tackle, but you would not go hard, even though he'd go hard at you. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't think I would go hard. So that's what you meant. Go ahead, Heather. Yeah. And I'm sitting here, and previous to you guys expressing that, I said, I think if, if they're brothers, they would definitely go full on with each other. And then I had to sit with myself and reflect because I have a different experience of having brothers. I am in this female body, and I had brothers who did not pull back. They did not hold back. They did not take it easy on me. And so, like, I had it in my head. That's just what brothers do. They're not going to go into a game against each other, even in the NFL, and hold back. Like, I had to sit back and reflect on how that may not be the reality. That it may just be my experience of having brothers. You thought the reality is that brothers go hard at sisters? Yes. I have this perspective that brothers do not... I have... Okay, so I have this belief that brothers should be protective of siblings. Agreed. I was always protective. I would agree with that. Yep. I would agree with that. But I never experienced that. So I didn't know how much of a reality that was and how much that was like based off of movies I've watched or shows I've watched. I just don't have that experience. It's real. I remember my sister fell down in the road and the only time I got spanked in my life, and it was apparently very hard, according to my dad, he did it. Uh, was about crossing the street without looking. I was really little. Mm. So we were older now. Let's say I was eight and she was five. She fell down in the middle of our street. It was fairly busy. And I saw a car coming. Now, the car was at least two blocks away. But I fucking panicked. I grabbed her arms and I dragged her across that concrete road because I was terrified that she would get killed. I was very protective of her. I remember somebody broke her heart and... uh I used to have dreams of running into that guy on campus and taking care of him. Mm. I listened to a podcast where this guy was talking about raising your children, raising a boy and a girl. What he was saying is whatever you teach to your son, you should teach the same way with your daughter. You shouldn't do it any differently. Mm. If you're going to teach your son how to throw a football, you should be teaching your daughter the same way. You throw the ball like this, you tackle like this, you make a basket like this, everything's the same. So if you're teaching your son how to hit someone, box, you should teach your daughter the same way. You know, It's really hard for me to agree with anything that I learned from my own mom. But she once told me that each child is different and you have to you have to raise each child according to their personality. While I don't see her as a wise human being, I do see that as wisdom. 
Yeah, I think you have to pick and choose. I, I've had to pick and choose from people in my life. The things that they say that are wise and the things that they say that are confused. Right. This is the same woman that would chase me around with uh, a boat paddle with holes drilled in it because she wanted to spank me. So, like, you have to pick and choose for sure. You have to pick and choose. My dad, we uh, got boxing gloves. He was teaching my brother how to fight, how to box, excuse me. And they really got in. I'm sure my dad, I don't know if he was going full speed, but they there was a point where they were hitting each other pretty hard. Then it was my turn. And he did the same thing. And I was, I'm not a good boxer. You know, my brother was better at it than me, but it was tough. I imagine if he had a daughter, he wouldn't go that tough. He wouldn't go that hard, if at all. Mm. I think I would do the same thing if I had a daughter. I don't know, but I think I would do the same thing. I think you would do the same thing. I'm the guy who likes to hold up the gloves. Yeah. Now you can hit my gloves as hard as you can, but I'm not going to do anything to you. That's not fun at all. It's scary for me. Before my dad got ill, I asked my dad, I go, you know, you taught Tony how to fight. You never really taught me. You never really got into teaching me how to fight. He said, your brother had a hard edge is tough. You were sweet. You were my baby. <laughs> That's what he said. What was that like for you to hear? I liked it. Okay, so you got to write down. I think. Are we complete on that? I think we're complete. I'm sorry, Heather. I'm complete. I had things come up, but I, I mean, we could probably put it in somewhere else. Or next Another week. Tag. Right. Will you write them down? I don't like writing things down. David does the writing down. Well, yeah, you have to tell him. He can't, he can't write down your thoughts. <laughs> Jason can wow. do that, but not David. I, I see the dynamic between, like, Marsha, you make me nervous, and Heather came right back at you and said, I don't like writing things down. David's going to write it down. <laughs> Hold on. I got to get it. You actually want David to write them down? No, he doesn't have to write it. Can you type them somewhere or something? Yeah, I can do it right here. Wow, she went right back at you. Did you? Wow, nice. Did, David, did you hear last week when she goes, this is my favorite part? I said to David once, make sure we can hear the sound of your notepad because people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. I said, Dave, you got the notepad? And she goes, this is my favorite part. Did she say that? I did. Oh, my heart. Oh, I oh. love it. <laughs> That's sweet. You'll hear it on the episode. Oh. Okay, so... I was more protective of my brothers than they were of me. And I have a story with it. Give, give me a word to remember. <laughs> Unicorn backpack. That's what I need. Um, I have a question. Were your brothers older or younger? I had one older and one younger. Four years difference in between each. I want to say something else. And, and I think that if I say it a certain way, it'll be offensive. And I don't mean them to be offensive. And I'm nervous about it. Wow, that got quiet. Did I lose everyone? We're waiting. You're EF Hutton. Go on. Okay. <laughs> I, my question is, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do here. Do you think, ah, this sounds so, I don't know how to, I'm not Marshall or you, Heather. Do you feel like they didn't hold back. I'm wondering if they really did hold back, but you felt like they didn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, one of her brothers choked her, David. Okay, then, then, then I, I, let's cut all this out. Okay, no, never they mind. Didn't, they didn't hold back. Okay. No. 
I know. I understand you had an optimistic potential viewpoint of it. Yeah, now. you you know where I was going, Marshall, right? right? Yeah. Like like oh, it felt like they did. They didn't hold. I wonder if they did. But no, never mind. Could they have gone harder? Sure. Did they hold back? No. Okay, that 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 explains it all. Oh no, where are we? Oh no. <laughs> South America. South America. South America. Let's do it again. We both whispered it. (laughs) South America. We never know how a person passing over is going to affect us. I think all three of us had reactions to Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor had a massive hit with a song called, what, you guys? I know, uh, nothing appears to you. Written by... Prince. Prince. Nothing compares to you written by Prince. But in her documentary, Prince's estate and his family denied her use of that song. No one would know that song without her. And they denied her usage of it. Here is what she said, Sinead herself. And this is why Prince and she stopped talking to each other. She said he invited her over to his house. He made comments about her swearing in interviews, indicating that he was not happy with it, as if he was somehow her manager or her Svengali or her mentor of some kind. And this young person at the time said, I'm in charge of my interviews. I will handle them my way. Prince apparently didn't like that. This is according to Sinead. He then has his butler bring her soup. He says, eat the soup. She doesn't want the soup. He keeps saying to the butler, give her the soup. I don't want the soup. Give her the soup. So now she's being forced to have food that she doesn't want. Although soup is not a meal, David. Uh, That's a Seinfeld joke. Then he asks her to have a pillow fight. He swings the pillowcase and there's something hard in it when it hits her. She freaks out. She runs out the front door. Prince, this is all according to Sinead, chases her out the front door and grabs her arm and wants to pull her back into the house, probably saying not the harshest of words, like, come on in, everything's fine. But that was enough for her. He's telling her what to do in an interview. He's forcing her to eat soup she doesn't want to have. He's hitting her with something hard during a pillow fight. And then he grabs her arm to get her to come back in the house. She pulled away ran to a neighbor's house and called for someone to pick her up. I, first of all, I believe everything that Sinead said. There was a story that Eddie Murphy's brother told about playing basketball over at Prince's uh, house. It was equally as bizarre. And I believe everything that Eddie Murphy's brother said, and I believe this story to be true too. But what was the story? You're going to tell the story? The story was that uh, Prince invited Eddie Murphy's brother over to play uh, basketball. They start playing basketball. Prince is playing basketball in high heel shoes. And it's just, just a bizarre sight. And the ending of the story is Prince and his buddies beat Charlie Murphy and his friends. I think that's the way the story went, Marshall. Am it I says, something yeah, else? I looked it up. Uh, Charlie said, that boy, he can ball in heels, almost dunking. 
Yeah. After they got done, Prince was like, I'll make some pancakes. So games and food again. Yeah, it's an odd combination. Don't you think? Pancakes? Sort of like soup and a pillow fight. Soup and a pillow fight? It, it all rings true to me. Heather has gotten me into New Girl. Go ahead, Heather. They had an episode where Prince came on. Nick and Jessica to meet Prince, but Prince... <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm laughing because I just... <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up the way that Nick reacts to meeting Prince. Go check the clip out. Nick Miller meets Prince. It's hilarious. Can but... I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Is Prince... This is all on the show, right? Yes, Prince is played by Prince. Okay, so he's played himself. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Jess meets Prince. Prince invites Jess into his house. He dresses Jess up. He feeds her pancakes. They play table tennis. And Can then I interrupt? That's the night. Yeah. So when you say he feeds her pancakes, he they eat pancakes together. Like he doesn't actually cut the pancakes up and feed feeds it to her. No, no, no. no. He's not like spoon feeding the pancakes to her. Okay. But because that makes sense too. Yeah, he's he's like eat. Like he's telling her to eat, and she goes, "I don't really want." And he goes, "Eat." Bizarre. Wow, just That's like Sinead. Yeah. And what did you say? What was the game they played? Ping pong. I think it was like table tennis, maybe ping pong, table tennis. Same thing. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, my dad always made us say table tennis, never ping pong. Mm. Ping pong is a brand name, like Kleenex. Yeah, but it's, it's 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 he always said table tennis. No, I'm saying it's it's called table tennis. Ping pong is like Kleenex. You would say a tissue. You wouldn't say a Kleenex. I understand. So you were telling me the Sinead O'Connor story, and I was like, oh my god, there's an episode, and guess what? He does this. Did he try to dress or comment on Sinead O'Connor's uh, attire, like her, the way she dresses? She didn't bring that up, but he definitely told her how to behave in an interview, according to her. First of all, if someone says, eat my soup, eat this soup, I would not eat that soup. <laughs> no. Like, I don't know what was in that soup that he wanted her to eat it so passionately. No way. I think it just, he likes to feed people. He likes to feed them that's the impression i got out of it me too feeding them and playing a game so i want to point out we are all fans of prince's music all three mm -hmm. of us i love it i tend to like david said completely believe sinead's version of the story what about you heather i believe it but i do wonder if they did that episode on new girl based off of sinead's like a retelling of that. Prince and Sinead had bad blood between them. I find it hard to believe that he'd be so lighthearted about the story as to lampoon it on a sitcom. Mm. Not impossible, but it seems unlikely to me. Even down to the detail, they have Jess, Zoe Deschanel, saying, I'm not really hungry. And then him telling her to eat again. So it's just interesting. I'll have to watch it because maybe he is joking about that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say one thing about that song. What always stood out to me is the opening line. Some songs open incredibly. He starts, it's been seven hours and 15 days. And I remember, look, I have goosebumps repeating it. He's been counting the hours. The songwriter's been counting the hours, not the days, the hours. Mm. 
didn't say 15 days and seven hours, seven hours and 15 days. And when you're really dealing with heartbreak, sometimes you have to count the hours, the minutes. Did that ever hit you guys? I guess I never thought about it. That's deliberate because when you tell someone how long it's been, you'd say days first. It's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. I'm surviving by counting hours. Mm. He launches you into these stories that are already happening. I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways that it couldn't last. I'm in the middle of that story. I came in. I'm getting goosebumps again. I didn't start at the beginning. I'm in the middle. Mm. I never thought about that. Uh, I guess I should know by the way you parked your car sideways. That's great. What a line to start with. That's really good. Like, I'm in. You're right. Yeah. 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 At the top of his game, he launches you in in the middle, and you're like, where am I? Like, you didn't even care about how you parked your car. Wow. I'm into that story. And there's another song that Wesley loves by him called Starfish and Coffee. It was 745. We were all in line to greet the teacher, Miss Kathleen. First was Kevin, then came Lucy. Third in line was me. What the hell's going on here? Why am I hearing a story about kids in line at school? Yes. He launches you in. Six o'clock already. I was just in the middle of a dream. Most songs don't start in the middle. I didn't even realize what a great storyteller he was. I was working part-time in a five and dime. Oh, my God. My boss was Mr. McGee. He told me several times that he didn't like my kind because I was a bit too leisurely. Wow. You know what's going down. Oh, you know what's going down. Too leisurely. Lazy. You know what's happening. Yes, Marshall. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. He's a clever, clever songwriter. Wow. Dude, when you said, I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways that it would. Like, gosh. Gosh, I never even thought about it. That it wouldn't last. That it would not last. Yeah. Now, let's. Can we just take a second? What do you think? It like, she didn't give a fuck, right? She just parked her car. She didn't care. Heather's making dinner. Let's ask her. Heather, I guess I should have known by the way you parked your car sideways that it wouldn't last. What do you think he meant by parked your car sideways? Careless. Like she was careless. She didn't care about the other people next to her. I mean, what comes to mind is that there's a house and instead of pulling in the driveway, she parked on the road. Or maybe blocked the driveway. As to say that I'm not here to stay. I'm not here to stay. Wow. Wow. I'm not here to stay. As you've heard, I'm the kind of guy who tends to keep a lot inside. But now that we have shit to grit, stuff I've been wanting to talk about for a long time is tumbling out of my mouth. That could happen to you too. Just start a podcast with Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm lets you do high quality podcasts right over the phone, complete with a live media board that can play music like we do. Start saying what you've been wanting to say today with Riverside.fm. Okay, let's get back to shit to grit. Last roar. Oh, if you want to save 15% on a Riverside.fm subscription, just use our promo code, LIONS, L-I-O-N-S. Thanks, David. A couple of things to be complete. We ended on the idea that the reason this person parked their car sideways is that they're not going to stay. She's not planning to stay. And we wondered if that was the correct interpretation. And I realized and told Heather this. He gives it to you in the second line. 
I guess you're the kind of person who believes in making out once, love them and leave them fast. That's the answer. Yes, she's not there to stay. She loves them and leaves them. Wow. And my other comment is simply three quotes of Dan Campbell's. One about a week ago. Do you feel weight from the lofty expectations for this team, he was asked. His answer, no, I don't feel weight. I feel wind underneath my freaking wings. I've never heard a coach say anything like that. After the victory, we expected to win this game. End quote. Against the Super Bowl champs. Never heard anyone say that either. But that's the way you talk when you are expecting to go places. And three, what did you learn from the win tonight? He was asked. He said, I didn't learn anything. I got verification on what I already knew. Now that's supreme confidence. That's not coach speak. This is a person who believes in their team. And as David said, do you believe now? Do you believe now that we've beaten the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champs, or do you believe in asterisks? I tell you what, man, I believe in the Lions. Circle C. <laughs> I said we're out. Open up your mind. Open up your mind. Shit to Grit is produced by David and Marshall and edited by Marshall. Thank you to Pixabay artists Amoxi, Miyagi Sama, 246-31838, Top Secret Music Network, and Music Town. All other music is composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.